Hey guys, it's Elsa Kerr. You're watching the Writer's Tribe Talk Show or listening to it. Today's guest is Angie Hawkins. She is the author of Running in Slippers. It is a funny, raw, poignant, moving, awesome memoir. Angie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Elsa. Absolutely. So listen, I'm going to throw myself right under the bus before we even get started. Angie and I are going to be talking like old friends because I just made her do this whole interview um, and never hit record. So here's a little dose of real life and people making mistakes. I own that whole thing. And Angie has been gracious enough to say, okay, let's let's just do this all over again. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate that. So um, let's like kind of start right from the beginning here. Tell me about the the title of this book, Running in Slippers. I love the title already. Tell me where you came up with that. So the specific story about the moment I came up with the title, it's the introduction in the book. So I won't give that away. But in general, what it means is in Hawaii, flip-flops are called slippers. So it basically means running and flip-flops. And running in flip-flops is a metaphor for the journey of life because it can be a struggle. It can be dangerous. You know, ideally, if any time we had to run, we would be wanting to wear a fresh pair of running shoes, but that's not always available. So sometimes we have to run in slippers and it can be a struggle and painful, but it can also be fun and adventurous, kind of like our first interview, like it didn't work out. So now we're running in slippers and doing it again. Yeah. I mean, this could not be a better example of that if we try. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. Um, so I, I would love to hear a little bit about your your writing journey with this book, because it is such a, a personal and as we said right in the beginning, um, raw and emotional telling. Um, tell me about that whole process of writing that book. I would imagine it had to be cathartic in so many ways. Yeah. So in hindsight, it was very healing. As I was writing it, I would have people say like, oh, it must be so healing to write your story or therapeutic. And it didn't feel like that at the time because I do write about a very deep emotional traumatic events. And as an author, you know, you read your own book a gazillion times. So I had to read those a gazillion times and it would take me deep into the emotions. And I feel like for many of us, our knee jerk reaction is to dissociate or somehow try to repress like the not so positive emotions. But the real healing happens when you're going through them and processing them. So in hindsight, actually reliving those moments over and over helped me to heal them and process them. Yeah, that's really, really hard to do. Um, reliving, like I, I, I'm thinking of myself personally and how I am, and I do. You know, I'm a, I'm a great compartmentalizer, um, but I have a really hard time opening those drawers. You know, because I don't want to revisit those emotions uh, and those feelings and and relive it all. So uh, that had to be really in process. That had to be really difficult because you really are, and you're you're almost picking it apart too. You know, as you're writing it right? Oh, absolutely. Because in hindsight, because all my worst mistakes and decisions are in this book. So it's so cringy to read. But on the other hand, it helps me to see how far I've come because new me looks at those and I would think about like, oh, this is how I would handle it now. So it's, al it's also good to see how far you've come. 
Oh, that's a great point. That is so true. I, you know, I tell you, just hearing you say that makes me want to tell people to to journal because I, in our first conversation, you did talk about um, that part of the process that you had been doing um, a lot of journaling to kind of get ready uh, to to write the book, really, or as part of the process of writing the book, and that in itself is such a great experience, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah, like I was telling you before, I made the firm decision to write the book, I was in this wishy-washy, non-committal phase. So it was just in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to write a book. So I was avidly journaling everything that would happen to me. But it's funny, the stuff that comes out of that even, because you notice like these funny moments in life that sometimes you just see and forget about, or even emotions that you didn't even realize you were having because you're writing it all out. Yeah. Did I didn't ask you in our original interview, um, uh, is it is your story like in chronological order? Do you take it from a certain point or um, what's like the structure of it? If you don't mind my asking, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a good question. It does start in chronological order. And it's funny because the way I had arranged in my initial writing process was very scattered. I had all the chapters on different word documents and to help myself keep it in order. I had the date at the top of every Word doc, but I ended up incorporating that into my book. I never edited the dates out. And I've had people tell me that they really, you know, like that about the book because it seems like a diary. But the book covers about a five-year period of my life. And it begins when I plummeted into despair after a failed relationship and my dad died. And it takes you on the roller coaster, severely misguided attempts to fill the voids of love and connection. And the reason I wrote it is because most of what we see on social, social media is profoundly filtered and edited. Even in real life, we're all walking around wearing masks. We pretend everything's okay. And we're not talking about the shitty things that happen to us, but we're all going through the same shitty things. And the reason is because vulnerability is just terrifying. So myself, I had never put this out before because I wanted to seem like I had it all together. I didn't want people to see my flaws. But vulnerability works the opposite way that we think it does. Because when we expose our flaws, it's relatable and it actually creates a sense of connectedness and there's healing in that. It, that's so true. And I know, you know, anytime, you know, I've always struggled with, with all of those things. And, um, you know, I was really, honestly, I was raised that that is what you do. Like, it doesn't matter what you have. Like, this was a literal lesson in our, uh, from my grandparents, not so much from my, my, my parents, but my grandparents, which are very stout Germans. And the attitude was, the mentality was like behind closed doors. It doesn't, you can be miserable. You can be crying. You can be upset. But the minute you open that door, you present, you know, you look polished and good and right and happy and you don't let anybody see that stuff. So that was so ingrained in my, you know, existence, like the core yeah. of my existence to do that. And I think, and I thought I was alone in that. And, you know, and, and that's a wonderful thing about your book and books like that, that um, it is that relatability that you all of a sudden realize, oh my God, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one going through this or feeling like this or experiencing um, these types of feelings and, and problems in life. Cause you're so right. You know, we put those masks on yes. um, and, and it's really hard to take them off. But like you said, the minute you do, the minute you allow yourself to be vulnerable 
uh, it, it changes the course of everything. And somebody who maybe was looking at you prior, and we talked a little bit about this before with social media, um, and you being in Hawaii, uh, which we'll talk more about, um, that, you know, people see this image and they think, oh, you have a perfect life. You know, you don't have anything wrong. There's nothing to complain about. And then they get the truth and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I was telling you before, you know, the pictures I post on Instagram, I'm surfing, I'm hiking, I'm laughing. So people just assume that I'm living the life. I've even had people assume that I'm retired because I don't post pictures of me working because that's boring. Um, and on some level, I am living the life. But if you read my book, you'll know that I'm not. And I had several people make comments to me after they read the book that how relatable it was. And it was just so hard heartwarming to me because that was my goal of the book like no you're not alone we're all going through these things mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and you touched on uh, the grieving process with your dad and uh the ending of a relationship which you know and you talk about you know when it rains it pours of course right you know it feels like things always happen like that that they snowball and it just becomes bigger and bigger um but specifically talking about grief you know we talked about that we were conditioned to believe that you're supposed to go through these very specific stages of grief and you're supposed to like you know check them off as you get through each one. And then you're supposed to be done with them. Like that's kind of like the subconscious mindset. And then when we stay in a grief period um, or we return to a grief period, people are like, well, you know, you should be over that by now. And, and that's not the case. And we tell ourselves we're supposed to be over it. So yes. we don't even allow ourselves to experience those emotions and be okay with it. Right. Exactly. I think it goes back to your point about like, we're all putting on this happy face and pretending like everything's okay. So society is imposing this pressure to just get over things. And me, myself, I'm a long term griever um, about anything. But like, I was telling you earlier about my dad, you know, he died five years ago. And obviously, I'm further along in my grief, it's not debilitating like it used to be. But I don't think I'll ever get over it. But I think that's okay. It's okay to be sad about someone leaving. So that's another point I wanted to make in my book, because you'll see through my experiences, there's a lot of things I have trouble giving getting over, but that's okay. Like you don't need to just get over things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even relating that to uh, the breakup of a relationship, you know, that's almost, um, I, that's not worse than a death, but the expectations are absolutely you know what I mean, like people are like, oh, it's just a relationship. Move on. There's other fish in the sea. You're fine. And, you know, you're not fine. You're grieving a loss, a loss of what was, a loss of what could have been, um, all of those things. And and we forget that about each other's loss. Like we're, we're so involved in our own emotions that we forget about other people's yes. experiences. And yeah, so uh, a book like yours, I think, is so valuable, not just for the, uh, you know, entertainment value. I know it's, it's, it's humorous and it's told uh, in a way that, you know, will make you laugh and smile and, and nod your head, I can guarantee, <laughs> um, you know, but to, to give those experiences in such a raw way, I, I think is so profoundly helpful to other people. And yeah. I'm assuming that was a big goal, right? Oh, absolutely. Like I really wanted people again, like you're not alone because we're not talking about the shitty things that happen to us. And if anything, I just want people to understand that we're not alone. And we were talking about this earlier with there's a huge state of disconnectedness right now between the social media mask and our just social mask. And even with COVID, you know, we had 
those imposed isolations and restrictions for so long. And I feel like there's still a lingering effect of those. So it's just an effort to get us all back to a state of connectedness and like be talking about these things more. I love that. And it's so needed right now. There's, and you're so right. There's so much disconnectedness and, you know, and like you said, I COVID, uh, you know, was one of the, or the, the, um, the isolation from COVID was probably one of the most detrimental things to besides social media to happen to society. Um, because we got very accustomed to not being face to face with people, but they'll say a lot of things online to you that they would never say to you in person. It makes it very easy for people to be disconnected, to be hurtful uh, and unkind. And they wouldn't do that in person. They wouldn't dare, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your writing process with this book. Uh, how long did it take you to write it? Um, what were some of the, like the, the great and terrible moments? If there were terrible, bad, we won't go with terrible. <laughs> um, the short answer is it took a year and a half to write from start to finish. I was, before I decided I was writing the book, I was in this wishy-washy non-committal phase, but I was avidly journaling. So I did have some material written before I actually started. So that was helpful. I do have a full-time job outside of writing. So during the week, I would make sure I spent at least an hour a day. And then on the weekends, I would spend two to three hours. So I am pretty self-disciplined. It wasn't hard finding the time. It was just figuring out what I was doing and what I was going to write about. Yeah, you were already ahead of the game from a lot of uh, aspiring authors uh, who who are trying to get started. They can't even get the first words done. And I'm not picking on people because it's a very common um, problem. Like you have these great ideas of writing a book and you already have it planned in your mind when you publish it, but you haven't started writing. So you you kind of, you must have subconsciously knew, right? Do you think you subconsciously oh. knew? Yeah, so my intuition has always been guiding me to write this book. And I was so resistant. And actually, my book covers my journey of how I even became to write the book, because I was in this friendship. And my friend had asked me to write a book for him. And I was like, Oh, this is, I don't have to allow myself to be seen. This is my chance to write, but not really put myself out there. But the universe was really pushing me to do something on my own because that friendship had expired. But I was so desperate for this book project that I was like clinging on to the friendship. So that obviously ended in a dumpster fire. But it pushed the good thing about it was it pushed me to write a book of my own. And I truly meant like I was guided to do this on my own. That's so cool. I got to know, is that dumpster fire story in the book too? <laughs> it is in the book. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. Now I'm going, I'm going to read it for a lot of reasons, but now I need to know. That. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the least of what happens in the book. And it's pretty dramatic. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, as we know, like right from the beginning of this, this, interview. Uh, I am a big fan of throwing ourselves under the bus, throwing myself under the bus. I won't throw other people under the bus. I'll throw yeah. myself. And I, I love people who are uh, willing and able to do that. And that was one of the things that um, made me know right away when we had our first email. Um, I knew right away, I think I flat out told you that I love you. <laughs> I'm like, I love you already. And, and I genuinely meant that because I love people who are willing and able to just Put it out there despite the fear, um, despite the, you know, potential repercussions of that, which is just really other people's opinions. Um, and, and so I, I truly love that you are 
willing to put yourself out there and be vulnerable, which like we said, like you said early on, that is one of the things that we have the hardest time being, um, and that's vulnerable. What has been your experience post publication? Um, what kind of response and feedback have you been giving? I know the reviews are phenomenal and wonderful. Um, how about for you personally? So like the day I, I would say like one to three day period after I published it, I went down the shame spiral because again, my book is ex it's totally raw, totally vulnerable. Like this is me putting myself out there. And I was like, it was terrifying. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, a lot of things that we worry about are in our heads only because the feedback has been very positive. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so true. And I, I remember experiencing that as well, that whole doubt of, you know, should I do this? And then when I did it, oh, my God, why did I do that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like it's another roller coaster. right? <laughs> it's like this huge roller coaster. Like, it's like excitement, excitement, excitement. And then the plummet is like, <laughs> oh, my God, what did I do? <laughs> Oh, but yes, based, based on the feedback, based on uh, the reviews that I saw, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic choice to publish this book. Is there going to be a sequel or a totally different book after this one? Most likely, because part of my writing process, I think I mentioned earlier, I had everything on all these separate Word documents. It seemed disorganized. So I had an Excel spreadsheet that organized all my Word documents so I could kind of put it into some kind of order. My original version of the book was twice as long as it is now. So I was like, okay, I have to parse this down, which included removing entire chapters. So to psychologically make myself feel better about spending time on all of this writing and not going anywhere, I made a section on my spreadsheet that says for my next book. So I already have material lined up for my next book. That is so awesome. Do you think, um, do you think you would venture into fiction at all? Or like, is this, you feel like this is your lane? I feel like this is my lane because that's where I really have my own voice. And I have so much respect for fiction writers. I love reading fiction because there's like all these pieces and then they come together, but I have no idea how they do it. Like I took, um, when I lived in Chicago, I took the sketch comedy writing program at the Second City Chicago. And for whatever reason, after I took that program, I, I wanted to write, you know, those murder mystery dinner parties. I was like, oh, I'm going to write a script for one of those because it's like longer than the sketch format, but you could kind of still play with sketch comedy. But I had all these moving pieces and I'm like, I had no idea how to put it together. So it just all fell apart. So I don't see myself venturing into fiction. <laughs> <laughs> never say never, right? Never yeah. Never. Yeah. It, so it sounds like um, humor and comedy is definitely a comfortable home for you, would you say? Yeah, because one thing I learned from the sketch comedy writing program, because every week we would have homework assignments and I would always get scared, like, oh, my sketch isn't going to be funny. Like, how am I going to come up with an idea for this? But life is funny. Like, most of my sketch ideas came from real life things that happened to me. And I was like, oh, this is really funny. I can just, like, take off with it and make it even funnier. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, what do they say? I'll, I'll mangle up the whole saying, but it's something about, like, you know, real life is crazier than fiction anyhow. So, yeah. you know, you, have to, you don't have to look far for material, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like running in slippers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what was, uh, what would you say, like, the best experience has been out of from this whole process of writing, publishing, and promoting, of course? 
I think honestly, just being proud of myself, because that's one thing I've really been struggling with. And you'll read about it in my book is just having like that self love and self compassion. So actually like doing this project and completing it and putting myself out there, there's a real sense of pride about it. Yeah, absolutely. That is um, such an underestimated um, thing to to have and 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 so funny too because it's so life-changing it's so empowering um, yes and just that feeling like you said just that feeling of accomplishment like i set out to do this thing that is really difficult and i personally you know fiction can be hard i mean if it's your lane it's my lane so i it's like easy in my mind um but personal stuff like really sharing yourself that's hard and I know there's a lot of people who have started it, tried it, and stopped for that very reason, for it being yes. hard emotionally, being hard um, technically, all of the things. So, yeah, to say that I'm doing it, did it, done it, <laughs> is, <laughs> is something to be really, really proud of. So, yeah, that's fantastic. I'm so glad um, for you to have that experience and for anyone, of course, to have that experience because it is, it's really special for sure. Yeah. So where can everyone find your book and find you website, all of that good stuff? So my book is on Amazon. I have a red website running So there's the link for Amazon on there. And there's also some other information. And when I do publish another book, I'll put the information on there. And, and you'll come back again. And I promise I'll hit record the first <laughs> time around. <laughs> I told you, I told you before we went on air that I will beat myself up for this all day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun experience. And as we were saying earlier, it's like the perfect example of running in slippers. Yeah. Let's, I, you know, happen for a reason. Yeah. I'm going to start selling it as, um, I meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Angie, thank you so, so much for coming on and for bearing with me. I appreciate it so much. I'm so looking forward to reading this book and uh, and sharing it with everyone and and doing that thing that all of us authors need readers to do which is leave reviews <laughs> so i will be doing all of that and uh, i look forward to having you on the show again in the future thank you thank you for having me absolutely all right guys this has been the writer's tribe talk show thank you so much for watching and listening and we'll see you in the next episode take hey, care family if you're looking for the perfect gift for the reader in your life why not check out one of my books? They're all available on Amazon and most major online book retailers as well as elsacurt.com.